Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. This is a good one today. This is a good one. Bradford Show. Mookie Betts making his first appearance on the Bradford Show. And the first question out of the gate I'm going to ask him, I'm going to tell him right now. Do you know who Billy D. Williams is? Because the man sitting next to me, Bill Messina, Moose, the guy, the cameraman for Comcast, says that Mookie Betts looks exactly like Billy D. Williams, didn't you, Moose? A young, slick, maybe hairless Billy D. Williams. The little stash, you know, I don't know if he drinks cold 45, but I know that he's smooth. Well, we're going to find out that. And I tell you what, this is a good podcast. This is a well worth I'm going to watch it. I'm going to listen. Okay, you can listen. I can't watch it, but I can watch you. You can imagine what it would be like. But I'm telling you, you know, last couple have been okay. This one's really good. It feels you, like it's going to be a good one. You don't usually get Mookie Betts for about 28 good minutes, and that's exactly... electric minutes. That's exactly what you did. So, Moose, you ready? I'm No, I can't even stand it. Let's go. Here it is, Mookie Betts. I don't know if this is Mookie's first time ever on this podcast. I don't think it was. I think I actually talked to Mookie when he drove a golf cart into the lake. But uh, but this is. I think this is our first extensive to sit down and just rapping and just talking. And uh, so Mookie, first of all, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you know, I think your dad has actually been on the podcast. So you, you don't remember? He was here last year. He was he was electric. Yeah, he came, uh, it was the, the uh, I don't even know what day it was, I think it was just a regular day, but they recognized him for the for the uh, Vietnam veteran thing, so uh, yeah, that was a good day for him. Yeah. Well, obviously, we punctuated with our appearance on the podcast. So before we get going, uh, you know, I, so the first question I asked you, I said, do you know who Billy D. Williams is, and you didn't know who that was. 
Then I asked you, do you ever see Empire Strikes Back? Because Billy D. Williams was Lando Calrissian in Empire Strikes Back. And as the reason I ask is that one of the cameramen, Bill Messina, Big Moose, says, oh, Mookie looks exactly like Billy D. Williams, which is, by the way, a tremendous compliment. Billy D. Billy D. was the guy. And then I find out, like, you... You, this is always a, a straight ball right down the middle for any any of us who grew up in this era. You've never seen any Star Wars. Never seen not one Star Wars movie, TV TV show, nothing. Never never seen it. How is that possible? I mean, it's. I know that you didn't know who Pearl Jam was going back, but but Star Wars is sort of a thing that you have to you have to stumble upon. Um, see, for my. From my viewpoint, I don't like movies that are like fake. So when I say fake, like Transformers, I'm not. A, I've never seen any Transformers. It's real. That's that's <laughs> I, you know that's not real. You know. So like I've seen, unless it's like a uh, animated movie. You know, those have really good stories behind it. But like, um, like, like I said, Transformers, those type of things. I, I just don't get into those type of movies like Star Wars never got into it just because it's not even like a I'm sure it has a good plot and everything but it's just not like a real I can't relate to that yeah but your friends I mean this this is something like where you like I said you have to stumble upon it you have to be forced to it you know um, you know maybe a friend or a girlfriend early on in your life say hey we gotta see we're gonna see Star Wars we're gonna see Empire Strikes Back there's like seven Star Wars yeah, and I'm, I, I'm, I've avoided somehow. I've avoided it every time. Like I've never had anybody that say, "Hey, you need to watch it." Every time, you know, I say I've never seen it. Everybody's just like, "Oh, okay, cool." But no, nobody's ever recommended, "Hey, you should go watch Star Wars." To me, so. Whatever. All right, we've, we've enough about that. But you should look up who Billy D. Williams is, because he was the man back in the uh, back in the seventies. Um, anyway, so again, we're just sort of talking. It's a good time to check in. We have two months to go. We got through the trade deadline. You're having a pretty good year, but you know, as I'm watching your year this year, I, I can't but help but think, like, what's it like for you? You had a great year last year, second in MVP voting, and and what's it like? I'm not even talking about just just playing on in your what is it third third and a half year right uh yeah maybe so anyway so but so i guess in a nutshell just flat out i mean how has this year been different for you how's this season been different to you and and i'm not even talking about oh throwing more curveballs on the outside corner how's the season been different um this year has been just a lot of it's just been rough. I mean, it's a lot of failure and a lot of adversity. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, like like we said last year, you didn't come off a good year. Um, you know, didn't have to deal with a lot. I had David there to kind of, you know, um, protect us, I guess, to, to say. And now that he's not here, we don't have uh, that one big person to kind of oversee everything. And um, so, I mean, we just have to kind of collectively as a unit – you know, kind of pick up where he he's left off, and um, I feel like I haven't done my part. Um, I do what I can. Um, you know, Petey's done great. Hannah's been playing good, playing great. I mean, you know, um, other guys. Sale's been p- pitching great. I mean, we, I can't even think of Bogey. You know, I can't even think of everybody right now, just on the spot. But I think guys have kind of we're kind of pushing, we're kind of pushing, and I feel like I haven't 
done my part in pushing. Um, you know, like, but I've I've had some moments, some good moments. Um, but I've had a lot of uh, a lot of stretches where I haven't done done uh, done anything. So um, it's just uh, this year has been kind of learning to deal with that and learning how to get out of it and um, knowing that uh, I can really take what I learned from this year um, or what I'm learning. You know, this year year's not over, um, but just kind of take we'll take what I'm learning and kind of switch it or, or get through it um, is going to be huge for for me going finishing the year and I think uh, for, my, for the rest of my career too. Let's go back to spring training and let's go back to, okay, you know, we did all the stories. What's life going to be like without David Ortiz? And you brought it up. You guys said all the right things um, and you, you do your best to guess what life is like without David Ortiz. I've been around for longer than you have here. I didn't know what life without David Ortiz was going to be like. Um, so and since, once again, you, you brought it up a little bit, what's been the thing that you didn't anticipate? And, and I'm talking about both. Obviously, you have, he was the best offensive player in baseball last year. But also, like you said, taking the, the brunt of everything in that clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we'd all be lying if we knew what to expect. You know, like you said, nobody did. And, you know, the only thing we know here is David Ortiz. So... Um, just knowing that um, not one guy has to take the brunt, and I think we had to, we have to understand that. And it took us a little while to understand it. Um, it took us a while to find out our identity, and um, I think we, we've we're starting to figure it out. I mean, nobody said it was going to take a month, and then we were going to know. You know, and and it may take us a couple more years for us to fully understand it. But I think we're we're starting to kind of get it a little. And um, you know, it, it's it's we got to know that it's not one guy and then the rest of the team behind him. Now you know it's it's kind of five or six guys. You know, that, Is that on, are you talking like on field and off field? On and on field and off the field. You know, and and got to know that um, there there's. We're, we're all together, you know. Even though we're all together with David, we know we have somebody that we can kind of lean on. Now it's a group of guys, and um, you know, I I can't say I am one of them, but I can't say I'm not one of them. I know, um, you know, I, I try and do what I can as far as being a leader and 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 kind of taking the brunt of of things. Um, and I know I'm not by myself, and I think. Uh, with the guys in the clubhouse, we kind of, I kind of understand that, and um, you know, so you know, as I'm struggling, I know that I'm not alone, and that's huge to know that you know I have guys in the clubhouse I can kind of lean on. It's not just one person. You know, I can kind of kind of go get different uh, opinions from different guys, and not just me, but other guys too. You know, we got Devers coming up. I mean, um, you know, other rookies and and whatnot. So. Um, it's not just one guy. It's it's all of us in, in off the field. You know, we we have our team dinners and whatnot. And it's not just when David wants to have a dinner, we have a dinner now. It's maybe four or five guys. Hey, one of this person wants a dinner. Well, we go eat. And well, this well, this person wants a dinner too. Well, we go eat and we kind of because everything was sort of not to interrupt, but everything was sort of it seemed like lack of a better term cleared through David, right? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So now now it's. Just different guys that you know you may have to kind of go through. Um, did you feel looking back now at the beginning of the year? Did you feel like you were putting 
pressure on yourself to be that guy. Um, but once again, you're coming off a year where you're the second best offensive player on the team. So now you're by default perceived as the best offensive player on the team. You're a guy who a lot of people feel because you have a, a, a even keel personality and you've been around a little bit. You can be a leader on this team. Even though, you know you're still a young guy. Did you, looking back, say, oh, you know what, maybe I put too much pressure on myself to be, I don't want to say something I'm not, but something that was maybe cart before the horse? Um, I can't say I did, honestly. honest. My honest thing was I, I didn't want to do better than I did last year. I just kind of don't want to do the same, you know. And if I did the same, then, you know, I was going to be happy with it. But people wanted you to do better than you did last year. Yeah, and I think, you know, last year, last year could be arguably the best year I could ever have in my career, you know. So I know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a realist, and I know, okay, it ain't getting much better than that, you know. I mean, when am I ever going to hit 30 home runs again? I, can't, I don't know if I ever will, you know. Um, when am I ever going to hit, you know, 320? And I don't know if I ever will. So I know um, if I can just get somewhere near what I did last year, I think it could be a really good. It's, it's a good year, you know. Um, so and knowing that, you know, I'm I'm not really doing that right now. Um, it, it's kind of rough, but um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, the season's not over. Um, and the most important thing is is we're winning. So I can't, I can't really be too mad about it. You know, we're, we're, I'm doing enough to help us win. I'm trying to do my best in defense and whatnot to, to help. And um, so, so I can't really be on myself too much if, if we're in, you know, battling for first place and, and we get into playoffs and anything can happen. And then what we're talking about is, oh, we won the World Series and we're not talking about, oh, I hit 270 or whatever. So Now, so you look at – I. I joked earlier about, oh, well, we're not going to talk about pitchers pitching you more in the outside corner with curveballs, but has have pitchers pitched you more in the outside corner with curveballs? In other words, have there's, you know, there's a reason why, even though you said that might be my best year, you're doing really well, but not as well as last year. Is it you, or is it how they're approaching you? Are they, can, can you sense that coming to this year and throughout the year, they said we have. This is the guy in the lineup. We have to get out. Um, you know, that's. I don't know because I don't really know scouting reports. I don't know, you know, who they want, who they want to beat them, who they don't want. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know, we got guys that can beat beat them just as easy, easy right. as I can. Well, I guess I would ask. So have they treated you differently? I mean, in terms. Of, I don't. You're right. That was a bad question. It was. It was. Of course, you don't know. Like they said, hey, Mookie, you're the guy we have to get out. But have they treated you differently than they did last? Um, honestly, I think it's it's been pretty close to the same. You know, I think it's just me. I, th- I think it's more of me, and 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 I can't say it's not my preparation because I work just as hard as anybody, if not everybody. You know, and. I, I try and be the best that I can be, and and I put in, like I said, I put in so much work to, to, to do what I can, and um, it's not kind of showing up. But, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think it's more me and, and just not, I could be in my own in my own way. So it's, it's kind of tough to say, but um, I'm sure, you know, they do what they can to get me out, and they're continuing to do it. And, um, you know, I, I kind of try not to make a whole lot of adjustments 
intentionally. I think uh, just kind of want things, to, the experience of the game to kind of catch up with, with what whatever's kind of going on. So, um, you know, it may, t- it may take a little longer. To but, but then you had a game like, in, I don't know when people can listen to this, Mon- it was Monday night, the first game is Cleveland. And like, oh, my goodness, you know, there you go. And then it, it feels for you, that's like, oh, that's, that was a fun baseball game to play, getting hits, making catches, flying around the bases. So there it is. Yeah, and, and the good part is it's there. Um, so it's, it's like I do it every now and then to kind of remind myself, oh, you know, you still got it. Um, it's just I have to do it consistently, and um, that's that's the hard part. It's hard to be consistent, but the great ones are. So uh, part of also having the year that you did last year and finishing second in the MVP is you know, get to spring training. I know that you know the media requests for a lot, and you know, I, and throughout this year now, once another byproduct of David not being here is well, okay, who are we? Gonna, ESPN, we're coming in. Who are we going to talk to? Well, we're going to talk to Mookie. Um, th- this year for you has undeniably di- been different in that respect. A whole lot more has been put, put on your plate, including doing this podcast, which I appreciate. But has how have, has that been hard to handle? Has that been adjustment? Um, yeah, it's been some type of adjustment. It's not not hard. I'd be lying if I said it was hard. Um, it's just uh, you know what comes with it. Obviously, uh, number one thing is playing well, and then these kind of opportunities come. Um, so I, I know I, you know, I played well last year, and, and kind of knew what to expect. Uh, you know, with with Kevin and the guys, uh, they kind of let me know. You know, you're gonna have a little more this year. But um, has it been more than you thought it would be, or, or about the, what you thought it would be? Um, it's been about what I thought it would be. Um, I, I didn't think it would be anything too outrageous. Um, but yeah, it, it's been it's been cool. It, it's been fun. You know, sometimes sometimes uh, I think if you look at it in a, in a negative way, you get negative things out of it. I think if you go in with a positive outlook, you know, you end up having kind of you end up kind of having fun with it. You've only known Boston, and you know, you know, a lot has been made about playing Boston. Do you think it's hard to play in Boston? I mean, you, you talk to other guys, but you only know in Boston. And you got when a guy like Devers comes up or someone, anybody, now it's your responsibility to say, hey, you know what? This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. What's your kind of perspective on playing here now? You've done it now for a few years. Um, I think uh, being that he's homegrown, you know, he kind of knows what to expect. Um, you know, guys coming over don't really know what to expect. They know... Um, you know what they just come from um but yeah it's it's tough to play here you know you you, you have one good game and they're cheering you and then the, the, legitimately the next day they could be booing you so it's just the passion you got to look at it in a positive way you know they want you to do good um yeah they're gonna boo you but hey um obviously you did something to to uh, Maybe not to necessarily to deserve it, but to get it. Um, they're not going to do it for no reason. Um, and I think for me, it, it it's a good thing to where kind of I know every day I come to the field, I can't slack. You know, it's kind of one of those things that kind of keeps you on your toes, and you just know that you have to strap it on and be ready. Last question before you, I, I give you the the forum, and you can ask me any question you want. Um, you know, a lot has been made, around, especially around the All-Star game, about the, the whole demographic of baseball and the why can't we get younger people and the NBA, you know, they, they show their personality more. And you know, when we had that conversation, we say, and I say this, is that I think, I think, and I might be totally wrong, I think that you guys are so well trained to a lot of times to be, for lack of a better term, careful, you know, that 
a lot of the baseball, and this isn't only the Red Sox. I talked to a manager in, in the American League, said the same thing. Said these guys are trained to be this way. Um, what I just, I'm anxious to get your thoughts because you're a guy who you know you could put a marketing campaign behind. You, you have a good personality. People could show you know, see that personality and maybe be part of the answer. And I'm not saying you don't show your personality, but I'm just sort of not saying right or wrong. I'm just kind of anxious to get your perspective of it. Um. It's tough to say because I guess in, in basketball you get so many different personalities. Um, and I'm, in baseball you get a bunch of different personalities, but you, you're talking about, you know. But it's not the same. You, you follow. You follow. It's not the same. I mean, and I'm not even, obviously Twitter accounts are a little looser in basketball. Um, but you, are, are you, do you feel like sort of because it's such a long season, because there's so much access that it is better on the air or on the side of caution rather than maybe to be out there a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it could be because baseball is kind of like a blue-collar sport, maybe. And basketball is a little different. Um, but then you get your name, bigger names, you know. So um, in basketball, you get you know guys with bigger egos, and and it's just in my opinion. I know. I, you know that's why. Yeah, that's why I asked. Um, you get like bigger egos. Um, everything's kind of about them and that's just how basketball is you know and and like when you go and one guy joins the team automatically everybody knows who he is everybody knows you know what kind of ego he has what kind of person he is um you you know like for Embiid for instance you know he's he's very vocal on Twitter and so you know if he signs with Boston, immediately he's going to gain hundreds of thousands of followers just because people are waiting, you know, for him to do that. And he knows that. And he knows he can use that platform for anything he wants, you know? And, like, but if we get, um, I can't even think of somebody, someone who's, who's, Strowman, for instance, he's he's really active on social media. But see, see, the fact that you had to struggle to find someone who is really active in baseball on Twitter—that's saying something. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, Strowman's really active on, on Twitter and, and social media. But if he goes, if he comes here, I mean, yeah, he'll gain gain followers. But it's just like it's not the same. He doesn't have that. He, he'll have a platform, but it's just not the same as the personality is not the same. Like he has a big personality, but. For some reason, in basketball, Embiid's personality is going to be way more, whatever. I think you hit the nail on the head, and this is maybe something that a, a fight that baseball can't win: is that the NBA is personality-driven more, and, and and it's it's one guy, one guy, one guy can be the face of a franchise. I don't know if baseball you can survive with one guy being the face of a franchise. No, and, and I mean, we it shows like we have. Bryce Harper, we have Mike Trout, we have, you know, who, who else, I mean, whoever, you can think of those two guys off the top, you know, those are kind of the faces of baseball, and nothing against them, I'm not talking any type of stuff, like, they, they haven't won a World Series yet, but they, you know, they have that one, that, that personality, they have that everything, you know, that it takes, and they're the best players in the league, and... Um, you know they can't. They still can't get on social media and, and maybe make the same effect as 
Yeah, Joel Embiid. Embiid or, you know, D'Angelo Russell or just somebody, you know. So, I mean, it's just those type of things that, I mean, it's just, I think it's just how baseball is. I mean, you know, you can have one guy, LeBron can go to the Celtics, you do whatever you want on social media, but then also win a world championship just because LeBron came over, you know, and that's kind of. Yeah, you can't, yeah, that doesn't really happen in baseball. Exactly. So, you know, I think. Him knowing that, him know, LeBron knowing that he can come to the Celtics and win a world championship, and everybody knows that he can do that, is like that gives, that makes his personality that much bigger, you know. And where I know, if I go to who at whatever team, that doesn't mean we're gonna win a world series, you know. So I think that the kind of it kind of shows the difference in uh, no, you know, no matter where I am, it's still gonna take me and and my eight or 24 other guys to to win last i lied last question the five years from now 10 years from now do you think you're going to be more um more open to showing your personality yeah i think so i mean i i I think i show a lot now um but uh yeah i I think you know when i get fully comfortable and and under established and understand uh what kind of player I am, you know, I'm still, I'm still kind of learning, um, you know, I hit 290 one year and hit 318 the next year and now I'm hitting 260, so, you know, I can't really, I don't have that kind of foundation to kind of, you know, be Embiid, you know, so. <laughs> well, let's be honest, neither has he, I mean, he plays like 20 games a year, but that's, that's the point, is, I mean, you, you, you loop back right to it, is that that's the NBA, it's like, they don't have to be established, like, the LeVar Ball can come out, and he hasn't even played a game, and there you go, but, yeah, so it's admirable, I mean, I think that you said, well, you know, and you're honest, too, that you said, you can, you might share more of your personality, but you don't feel comfortable with this because you, you haven't had the career David Ortiz. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it, it's based on, I think, like you said, baseball is, you have to, you, you can't come out here and, and show out and, and do all those type of things and you have nothing to back it up, you know, so, and not saying I want to show out or anything, but, um, you know, just coming out, having fun, joking, laughing and all those type of things and interacting with fans and whatnot, I feel like I'm not comfortable with that unless I am establishing my career and understand what kind of player I am and understand each and every day what what I can bring to the table and, and all those type of things. Big moment. Question. What do you got? Ha. Ah, so. Anything. I just want to know what do you think about the Dodgers and why are they so good? <laughs> It starts with uh, a guy named Clayton Kershaw is not playing right now. Uh, then you go to Hugh Darvish. Then you go to Rich Hill. Then you go to uh, Bellinger. Then you go to, um, I mean, I guess the question, I don't know if you're an- asking this question about the philosophy of why, you know, why they're building such a good team. It comes back to, for first of all, they have like 15 former GMs working in their front office. <laughs> They do. That's not a lie, and 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 so there. Everyone's looking for the secret sauce, the formula, 
But I do think that they've hit on something. When when you have a team Mookie that can trade or keep trading for guys, and then another year comes up, and oh, their farm system's loaded. And I don't know how, from your perspective, of how you know you guys saw the trade deadline. But there are teams like that. It's like Texas, same way. They always seem like they're they're not in this year. They always have guys, you know, always. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The Yankees are like. We thought, oh, they're barren farm system, and they got their young guys. All of a sudden, now they're trading for guys. And what did you see yesterday after they traded for Sonny Gray? They still hold on to Torres. They still hold on to Frazier. So I don't know. That's it. that's the best question. The Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like. I'm not a question asker. Yeah, but you see, see, that's why I feel bad. That's why I'm giving you the opportunity because like we sit stand around the locker room, and we just say, "Hey, oh, there's Mookie Betts. Let's ask him a question." Yeah, so, I'm I'm a guy where like, even if you we were best friends, I still wouldn't ask you a whole lot of questions. We would talk, and like whatever we're talking about, you know, I may ask a question like, "Oh." What color do you think it should be, or something? But like, as far as personal, not even no, I'm not personal, even. But like, random questions. Well, I would say this is it. So, like, when I was talking to Travis Shaw when he was on this podcast for like the ninth time, is that you know he said, like, you know, his question was, why do you guys stand around the clubhouse, right? <laughs> Hey, but, we know why you stood around. But he he said we, he, he thought that we were eavesdropping. <laughs> oh no no! no. <laughs> so. But even like that, like for me, that's a question like I really don't care to know the answer. Yeah, well that's fine. I mean I just didn't know if there was any part of the job, part of you know. No 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 no! no I don't. I mean you get what we do. I, I, I fully understand it. You know <laughs> I, I fully understand it. So you know I think uh, yeah I, I don't really have any more questions. I just wanted to know because I I just. Wanted to know why, you know, and I'm not saying they're not good or anything. I just wanted to understand, like, wh- how they got so good so fast and those type of things. Well, you said, so, again, you, <laughs> when they got Darvish, right, I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, look at, I don't know what's going to happen with Kershaw, but Rich Hill is pitching great. You have the top four. And... I, you're right. I mean, everyone's sort of looking up, especially since we're on the East Coast. Everyone looks like, oh, my goodness. They're like... Like, I heard this last yesterday, Mookie. You know, one of the losers at the trade deadline before the Darvish trade was the Dodgers. They're like 40 games over 500. How? They, there's no way they can be losers. They're, they don't, obviously, don't need anybody. No. no, no. So. Anyway, well, Mookie, thanks so much. It was good talk. I appreciate you swinging on by. Yes, sir. Keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. 
Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. We all remember that one professor, the one everyone on campus had to take no matter what subject they taught because how much fun their class was. What if we told you there was a streaming service that had all those professors? One Day University has every must-have professor from the best colleges all across the country. One Day University, the most fun talks from the most fun professors. Available live and on demand. No homework, just the most fun you'll have while learning. Get a special offer at onedayu.com slash odyssey.